Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, September 8th. Be always, as my guru put it, even-minded and cheerful. Watch a cork bobbing ceaselessly about on the surface of a lake, up and down, up and down, never straying in any particular direction, always keeping to one place. Don't be like that cork, bouncing with the ripples of emotion. You'll never get anywhere if you constantly react to what happens around you. Don't imitate. Initiate. Move serenely through life like a great ocean liner, centered in the self within. (laughs) Many, many years ago when jeeps were first invented and they were a big revelation, first for the army to be able to go over rough ground, every picture of a jeep, there were lots of cartoons about jeeps and they were always shown with the lines indicating that they were bouncing up and down, going through ruts and valleys. And then there were lots of funny cartoons about them just driving on flat roads, and they were still bouncing up and down like that. And it, Swamiji has often referred to that as sometimes that people just get in the habit of just always being agitated, always being um, up and down about everything that happens. And uh, sometimes if you really listen to people's conversation, they're just, they get so excited about so much when it doesn't even necessarily even touch their life. But the habit of just using all our energy to go up and down. See, this is what happens. We have a certain amount of life force. And if we dissipate it in running in circles, one, whatever running in circles represents to us, then when it's time for us to go forward and really accomplish something, we just don't have anything left. Or even when we're, we're trying to go forward and solve a problem, if we're using all our energy up and down, up and down, reacting, and everybody has to deal with our reactions, we can't just think calmly and clearly. So Master used to put it, even-minded and cheerful. Cheerful is a very important part of it. Even-minded, we have to understand, is not to be uncommitted, it is not to be shut down. It's not to be unaware. It, we, we see things exactly as they are, but recognize that if we stay in the center of our own reality, where our, our source energy comes from, we can respond way out to the periphery of whatever needs to be solved. But if we throw ourselves out into the periphery and just bounce up and down on the end of the limb, then we're just blown by all the winds and there's no anchor point. Before I discovered the basic teachings of self-realization, I mean, subsequently I met Swami Kriyananda, became a disciple through him of Paramhansa Yogananda. I practiced Kriya Yoga. There's lots of very specific ways in which my life has narrowed down to one pole star, one root. But there's many true paths of of self-realization. There's many true masters. And when it came to me first, I met Swamiji four years after I was introduced to the concept of self-realization as actually being the purpose and meaning of life. And prior to that time, and it was just before I was 19, 
I was, I was a very active person and a lot happened in my life. It, it's odd to think of it in retrospect because on a certain level, I really felt that I was standing against the wall watching what was going on around me. And even though if you'd looked at me, I appeared to be participating. I was very interested in theater and I had friends. I was, I, you know, I had boyfriends. I did a lot of things. But in my own heart, I never could figure out what the heck was going on around me. And I sure couldn't figure out how I was going to make a life in all of this. It just, none of it really made any sense to me. And I know that I just, I didn't really connect. Even though I was active, I didn't really connect. And then um, I, I found out, uh, oh, but, but, but I, the way I described it afterwards, as soon as I found the path of self-realization, which I was introduced to through the writing of Swami Vivekananda, disciple of Ramakrishna. I've mentioned this in the course of these um, vignettes, but not all of you are watching all of them, and I don't expect you to remember any word, every word I've said. Um, and it just introduced me to the, uh, the idea of karma, that there was a cause and effect to life, and that I could participate in, in, in my own destiny, it talked about the divine power of love and it be love being the antidote to fear. I had already figured out that somehow fear was the universal enemy, but I didn't know what the antidote was. It was actually from St. Paul. I, I took it from Vivekananda. Perfect love casts out all fear, which has been something I've meditated on and continue to because it's a very subtle teaching. And the last concept I learned from Vivekananda was that um, self-preoccupation is the source of all misery. That if we can transcend the thought of self, then we discover an entirely new universe of consciousness that we simply can't get to as long as we remain deeply identified. <clears throat> now, his aphorism was very simple. Don't think about yourself and you'll be happy. What I just said was what I've come to understand he meant. I just heard the simple phrase, I knew it was true, but I didn't have the foggiest idea what to do about it. it. took me many years even to know where that path was going. So when I got those three points, all of a sudden I had a line. I had a line that I actually believed was true. It was the first truth I'd ever been told. Prior to that, the greatest wisdom ever offered to me was, don't be too smart, the boys won't like it, which was about the stupidest advice I'd ever gotten. And then when I confessed once that I looked forward to being a mother, to being married and having children. And one of my teachers told me not to waste my life doing that. That's, I mean, like, that's the wisdom that I was given. Good heavens. <laughs> anyway. But prior to that, I used to say that I felt like the puck in the ice hockey game of life. That there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of booing and cheering. There was a lot of involvement. There were a lot of blows struck but I never knew where anything was coming from. I could never figure out what the rules of the game were. I could never figure out why people were cheering or booing. It was just, I was whizzing from place to place to place to place. And it wasn't unpleasant, it was entertaining, but it was completely mystifying to me, absolutely mystifying. And so when I finally um, got the, you know, the idea of self-realization, it wasn't until I met Swami Kriyananda, which was nearly four years later, 
that I was able to really put myself solidly on the path. But at least at that point I had the right ideas. Then, by, before I met Swami, I was actually becoming quite, I think desperate is the right word, because now I had the key, but I couldn't find a door to use it on. That would be the way I would put it. But when I saw Swamiji and realized that he had a community and that there was a whole life that was possible, then everything opened up after that. So here we are, and this is coming back to exactly what Swami's talking about. Here we are, a cork, just bobbing on the ocean. And that's really how many people live their lives. It's just like things are happening and I just bob around in it. And it feels like a life. I mean, my life felt like a life. It was happening, you know, things were going. I could have followed the path, done any of the things that were presented to me. Um, I could have gone on, you know, to get married and have children. It was right there in front of me to do or any, really, basically, any path I could have chosen. But it all felt to me, even the path of having children eventually began to feel to me just like a cork bobbing on the ocean. Lots of activity, but no movement, no, no progression in any direction, especially no guaranteed progression toward happiness. And that, that was, I knew, it was an odd thing with me because I wasn't unhappy. I was a very cheerful person and things went really well for me, except, you know, sometimes. But when I was younger especially, except for sometimes, everything went really well. I really was very, very fortunate. But I knew that I had no control over my happiness. And, it, and later Swami just said the obvious, I had past life memories of of many lifetimes in which it doesn't work out. And so all of those were sort of subconsciously driving me to find some way to have mastery over my happiness instead of just bobbing around on that sea and hoping the cork didn't get accidentally swallowed by a whale or something like that or churned up in the uh, motor, the rotary of a motorboat coming through. It just wasn't enough to live. There had to be a direction. And so this is what Swami is saying. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> you'll never get anywhere if you constantly just react to what happens around you. This is where it comes back to the even-minded and cheerful. When you're bobbing on the ocean, that pushes you one way and you go, it pushes you the other way and you go, it pushes you down and you go, it pushes you up and you go. You're just reacting. There's no center point. What is truth? How do I discipline myself? How do I discern among the many choices that the world throws at me the ones that really are in my best interest? There's the word in Sanskrit, the word is dharma. And dharma doesn't just mean duty or your assigned task. Dharma means those actions which will lead to expanded consciousness and therefore to greater and greater joy. And if we just let the world move us, we, 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 never, <clears throat> we never progress. Whereas if we, ha- if we know what dharma is, or even if we have a clue, being even-minded is the beginning of it. Don't react. If, if a wave comes to you, to you, plant your feet and decide whether or not whether you're going to resist it or to flow with it. You know, decide whether it's, it's something that, sh- that you want to go with where it's going to take you or whether you need to stand strong and push in the opposite direction. And also don't dissipate our energy 
getting excited when everyone's excited and sad when everyone's sad. And <clears throat> people devote themselves to, well, the only word is trivia. And I don't mean to be too unkind. But we need to use our life in a positive way. That doesn't mean you have to be some grand somebody. To use our life is to love. To use our life is to give, is to serve, is to support others. There's no level of education or position in society or importance in the world that's required. It's all of us have a single opportunity in life, and that single opportunity is are we an uplifting benefit to those we come in contact, or are we not? And if we're always reacting, we don't even have time to think what would be helpful. Swamiji was so masterful in a very simple way. What can I do to help? And, and that's the question we should ask all the time. What can I do to help? Not just help someone sort of accomplish a worthless goal, but how can I help someone become a better person, expand their consciousness, gain mastery over their own happiness? Sometimes you have to help them accomplish a worthless goal because it's worthless in itself, but it will help the person move forward in the way they need to move forward. These are subtle questions that you can't even begin to see what's right unless you have gained sufficient mastery to stand in the center and to not constantly react. Respond, not react. You see, that's what we're looking for. Respond is it happens, you act. I mean, excuse me, react is it happens, you, you make an, an action to it. Respond is it happens, you consider, and then you act. And you respond appropriately in the, for the best interest of everyone. It's, it's perhaps one of the single most useful things that you can learn, which is just to give yourself that moment, to train yourself to be sufficiently calm and even-minded within yourself, that when the wave hits you, you have the instinctive capacity to ask myself, not what is my reaction, but what is the appropriate, helpful response. Swami says, be always, as my guru put it, even-minded and cheerful. Watch a cork bobbing ceaselessly about on the surface of a lake, up and down, up and down, never straying in any particular direction, always keeping to one place. Don't be like that cork, bouncing with the ripples of emotion. You'll never get anywhere if you constantly react to what happens around you. Don't imitate. Initiate. Move serenely through life, like a great ocean liner, centered in the self within. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.